2: My fellow Americans, this is your all-time favorite president, Donald J. Trump. Over the last 40 years, I've corresponded with some of the most incredible people, from presidents to kings and queens, and from Hollywood stars to business titans. My new coffee table book, Letters to Trump, published by Winning Team Publishing, features some of these never-before-seen letters. You're going to love reading it. You're going to love having it. Get your copy today at 45books.com. I think you'll really, really love it.
0: It is uh, Friday, 28 April, in the year of our Lord, 2023. We're here at Historic mar lago in the library, one of the, most, um, one of the most fantastic rooms here in a place of many fantastic rooms. It's the Winter White House for President Donald J. Trump, the 45th President of the United States, and soon to be the 47th President of the United States. I'm here with Sergio Gore, known Sergio for many, many years, uh, Michelle Bachman, Rand Paul, done, and now you're the publisher of winning team books and you put out this incredible uh, book, Letters from Trump, about the great and the good uh, letters that have come from President Trump. To President Trump, it's an incredible book. It shows us President Trump, really prior to being president, that's the power of this.
3: There's no book like it. I mean, this book is just absolutely incredible. Um, We spent many weeks going through his archives and some of the letters go back 40, 50 years. Anyone you can imagine in history, um, who's been anyone? is in this book, from Nixon to Reagan, from Oprah to Bill Clinton, every sports figure out there. So um, No,
0: it's cultural, it's sports, absolutely. it's entertainment, it's uh, religious figures. Yeah. It, it's it's really incredible. And what I love about it is the quality of the book. The photos are amazing. The The, the quality of the paper is amazing. The binding, uh, I've had it now for about a week, and I uh, want to thank you guys. As soon as I saw it, I said... Uh, this is what we want to talk to President Trump about because it just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And you really get a feel for him absolutely. that you wouldn't get Correct. after he became You see apologist. a different
3: side because a lot of these letters predate his time in the White House. Yes. You see a personal side. You see a charitable side. You see just an absolutely incredible icon, really, um, from the last 50 years. Um, the book has been selling incredibly well, thanks to you. You've been plugging it um, on 45Books. We,
0: we got some work to do. You, go, yeah. you go, to, go to 45books.com, promo code WARM, you get free shipping. We've got to beat. There's a couple of competitors out there. And War Room <laughs> prides itself with some of the most books. In the Trump movement, so people have to put their shoulders to the we wheel. We heard you have
3: the most incredible audience, so we're excited about that. It's already number one on Amazon. Yes. We just got new today. It's made some other best-selling lists. Yes. Um, so we're thrilled by that.
0: But you can go, you can go to uh, 45books.com. You don't have to go to Amazon. Exactly. You can get it. Get your book. Uh, by the way, the quality of it is incredible. Uh, we're going to talk about how you selected the letters, how the uh, president curated it. We've got a very special guest to kick this off. A couple of special guests to kick this off. We've got... Uh, Ambassador Rick Grinnell. Ambassador Grinnell, thank you very much for joining us. I understand you're you're out there in the baking heat somewhere, so we're not going to keep you that long. Tell us your thoughts on the book, your letter, all of it.
1: Well, thanks, Steve. Uh, Hello to Sergio. Congratulations to Sergio on putting together this amazing book. Um, I'm just honored to be in the book. I wrote President Trump a letter on New Year's Eve. And I think on New Year's Eve, we all feel a little nostalgic about what's happening in the world. We're hopeful. We're looking forward. And that's what I did, is I wrote a letter to him saying, "Uh, I want to encourage you. You have done great things for our country. I know there's much more to do. And the purpose of my letter was just to encourage him that there are millions of people, everyday people, who recognize what he did as president and what he's going through now. And so this was my heartfelt way to say to him, keep going because we need you, Mr. President. And uh, the letter made it into the book. I'm extremely honored. Um, And it it is something that I think everybody should get because you see the perspective of all these people who know Donald Trump. I've gotten to know President Trump and he's a really kind person and he's a really funny person. And I think that comes comes through in the book. Absolutely.
0: No, I think with the powers of the book, you see um, graciousness, class, the respect people have for him, the respect he has for people. Right. We're going to get into some of the stories hopefully a little bit later about things he's done for people that have never made right. headlines. That's what the book is a very, it, it, because when we talk about the great and the good of the late 20th century and early 21st century, you're even seeing a different side of them.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of individuals that love them. All of a sudden, he announced that he's standing up for America First, and these people forgot about him. There's incredible letters from Oprah, and Oprah's telling him, imagine if you and I ran for office together. (laughs) And his commentary, it's just incredible. No one's seen his thoughts on a lot of these people. And Ambassador Grinnell, of course, is a dear friend of all of ours. But his letter, the president picked every one of these letters, and we had so thousands. So the, pre-
0: the president of the thousands that were tens Correct. of thousands, he curated, Correct. there's about 200 in this. There's uh, about
3: 200 in there. We could have done three more volumes, right. we'll um, this, but the, the ambassador's way. letter was just incredible. I just want to read a sentence from it. He talks about where the United States was under Trump and where we're going, and I quote, the economy has tanked, Americans are paying incredible gas and food prices, the borders wide open, and our friends and allies are longing for your leadership again. We've gone from world peace to war in a very short period of time, and we just thought the president thought that was an incredible summary in a simple letter. Um, so he was thrilled that the ambassador sent this letter in.
0: Ambassador, you represented us uh, in in Germany, and now you know in the middle of another European war. Uh, what was it like? You know, when you wrote that letter, and thinking back, you had been, I think, at the State Department before. Uh, you, you then, obviously, at DNI. But when you were ambassador to Germany and representing the country and working directly for a President Trump, and he selected you to specifically be in Germany, thinking about what's happening now versus then, can you, can you give us your thoughts?
1: Well, it was an incredible honor because I worked for a visionary. President Trump is a total visionary. And what he envisioned for Europe was a Europe without a Russian pipeline he recognized that this Russian pipeline was a pipeline of influence and and, an influence over Western allies in Europe. At the same time, we had the largest economy in all of Europe, the German economy, literally not paying their NATO bills. So when President Trump looked at Chancellor Merkel, and by the way, he was incredibly nice, but he was incredibly direct. And when he said to Chancellor Merkel, you're feeding the beast, You're a member of this club that's supposed to be uh, NATO stopping Russia, but you're giving Russia more money. And so he stood up for the American people by doing that. And, And what I always say is the opposite of America first is consensus with the Europeans. And when Merkel came to Joe Biden and said, you know, Donald Trump had these sanctions on the Russian pipeline into Germany, and we would like you to drop these sanctions. Joe Biden and the Senate Democrats did that. And I tell everybody, listen to the floor speeches from Senate Democrats talking about why they should drop sanctions on the Russian pipeline. They caused this war in Ukraine. That is not an overstatement. The weakness that that they presented to Vladimir Putin, I could see Putin say, you know, let me go back in and and finish the job that I started under Obama-Biden. Now that Biden is there. I'm going to go back into Crimea, and Chancellor Merkel, you know, she didn't say much about the grabbing of Crimea, the rewriting of borders within Europe, which is their mantra now. So working for a visionary like Donald Trump was was an incredible honor. It's not always popular in the moment, and that's the one thing that I love about President Trump. He's not looking to be popular. He's looking to do what's right for America to keep America safe. Absolutely.
0: What I love about the book is that you 've got letters, and we 'll talk about that when President Trump gets in. They are letters of political officials and leaders coming to him where he's been he 's been against these overextended Correct. wars for decades Correct. this is and you can see with, with, uh, with Ambassador Grinnell and kind of the, the marching orders he gave us right. in the first couple of years of the administration let 's have NATO start to pay for itself. We 100%. want allies, we don 't want a vassal state, we don 't want a protectorate, but there are letters in here with Nixon and others. Exactly that talk about his thoughts of this for the last four decades.
3: And the letter that, that you're referring to is Nixon, where the President writes back to Nixon, President Trump writes back to Nixon, and he says, the best thing you did for us is get us out of Vietnam. And so this is not a recent thing that President Trump wants America first and doesn't want us involved in all these endless wars. Right. Um, it goes back many decades. Right where the, you see the philosophy. Uh,
0: Rick, uh, Ambassador, tell me, when you found out that you had been selected that in the curation process, that this very personal letter that you sent the president was going to be in there, t- tell me what your, what, your, what were your first thoughts and feelings?
1: I mean, look, I'm just a kid from Michigan, and when when Sergio told me that my letter was selected, it was incredibly humbling, and I thought, why me? You know, I, First of all, this, this president, President Trump, has given me so much to, to stand uh, at the president of Germany's office in this glorious, uh, beautiful palace, and to take the oath of office as the representative of the United States, to walk out and hear the national anthem playing as you're standing in Berlin, which has got all of this history with, with America. I am so grateful that President Trump believed in me. I worked every single day for him. I will always work for him because when he believed in me, somebody who, you know, was just a simple American, uh, it it motivated me to say, you know what, I'm not going to let him down. I'm not going to let the American people down. And I'm not going to look to be popular. I'm going to look to keep the American people safe. So to be selected like this in a letter with all of these others, it's just uh, you know, a humbling experience and I'm in- incredibly grateful.
3: And and in a way it's a historical book. If you think about it, people today who yes. go to universities or to school, they read books from presidents fifty years ago, right? A hundred years ago. This is an incredible book because his commentary on everybody, everybody. is in there. And so we're thrilled that Ambassador Grinnell was in there. Couldn't have asked for a better letter.
0: Ambassador Grinnell, we know it's hot where you are. You've got to get going. Everybody wants to know, what's your social media? How do, people, how do people track I'm you? I'm going to
1: Stagecoach, Steve. That's <laughs> why I was going to tell you. I'm, uh, I'm off to Stagecoach here in the desert, <laughs> and it's 103.
0: Brother, glad it's you. Uh, <laughs> how, what's your social media? How do people keep up with you, Ambassador?
1: Oh, thanks. Uh, on Truth, I'm at Grinnell, and on Twitter, I'm at Richard Grinnell. On Instagram, I'm at Richard Grinnell. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Ambassador.
3: Thank you, Ambassador.
0: Walk us through the uh, the genesis of the book. Uh, how did because you had the, I think your first publication was the photography book.
3: We had it. We had an incredible book. Um, that it was, was a great. Our one. journey together. Yeah. It sold out instantly. We ran out of paper. Of course, on the Biden you run out of everything. So in the United States, we ran out of paper. Who would have guessed that we don't have enough paper to print on? So after three hundred thousand copies, we ran out of paper, and it took an extra two months before to we get could, the same quality. To Stop. get exact, right, right. to get the same quality to procure more of the books. Um, So that was our first book, incredible sales that only President Trump could have achieved. Uh, Most of his books have been bestsellers, some of them number one. Um, Our journey together went to the top, unlike any other book. Um, The President came up with this idea because he's corresponded with all these people. I didn't even know he had these letters. A lot of people today don't correspond, a lot of people don't keep these letters. When I went to his archives in New York and we're opening up these boxes, and all of a sudden you see an original letter from Princess Diana. Who has that? Nobody. Um, so he's just an absolutely incredible individual and unmatched when it comes to this. It's a
0: historic document. It's a fu- also fun. I mean, it's got culture, entertainment, the religious figures. It's the great and the good of the late 20th century and early 21st century. Not only do you get the letters... You get magnificent photography, absolutely, and you get his commentary and
3: observations. I think this is what makes. I don't think special. there's any other book out there that would have Reagan, Nixon, and at the same time Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Michael Jackson. Yes. Nobody else. No. Who else would? Nobody. Only
0: President. Only Trump. President Trump. It shows you also the graciousness and the class, absolutely, and, and how highly regarded he was by people, and the things he did for people that come out in these letters. Okay, Sergio, thank you very much. I think Thanks, we're gonna Steve. we're gonna take a short commercial break. We're gonna return. We've got an entire special, Letters from Trump. We're at historic Mar-Lago in the library. We're gonna return in just a moment. CCP,
3: everything's just beginning, but the games you want to play. Bring it on and I will fight to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started, everything's begun, and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP.
0: Junk science, that's what the doctor called many of those fruit and vegetable supplements. Junk science because they use extracts of common produce department fruits and vegetables with few health benefits. Now look, I take Field of Greens because it's the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not a watered down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. I don't eat as healthy as I should. I got that, I know it, I own it. That's why I take Field of Greens. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy, and I mean way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkout Checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Do that today. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications.
2: My fellow Americans, this is your all-time favorite president, Donald J. Trump. Over the last 40 years, I've corresponded with some of the most incredible people, from presidents to kings and queens, and from Hollywood stars to business titans. My new coffee table book, Letters to Trump, published by Winning Team Publishing, features some of these never-before-seen letters. You're going to love reading it. You're going to love having it. Get your copy today at 45books.com. I think you'll really, really love it.
0: We're here in historic mar lago in the uh, library. I'm honored to be joined by the 45th President of the United States and soon to be the 47th President of the United States. President Trump, thank you very much. Thank you. This book, I think, for people that know and love you, is what, what people have been waiting for, because it shows you prior to you being president. Uh, and you've got the, what I call the great and the good of the late 20th century and early 21st century. And it's everywhere. It's entertainment. It's media. It's sports religious figures, and you've got, you know, their letters to you, your correspondent back, the great photography, but then the special is your commentary and observations. How did you come up with the idea? Why did you want to do this? So a group of people uh, got to see
2: uh, in my office, I have stacks and stacks of letters from really famous people, and they say very diverse, okay? (laughs) Very diverse, like actors and... uh, uh, crazy people, probably. I shouldn't say this. Probably mobsters, and you know we had sort of everyone. Yeah, boxers, but we had everybody, and uh, and Richard Nixon and politicians, famous politicians, and some really good ones, and very personal letters. And they saw this and they said, "You got to be." And they started looking. And Sergio, who you just had on, is terrific. Fantastic. And he started looking at these letters. He said, "These letters are incredible." I had two women. Uh, Norma, who passed away, but she was with me for many years, and she was a fantastic woman. And she worked with a young woman named Ron- Rona. Rona.
0: Rona, Rona Graff. Graf.
2: And uh, between the two of them, they loved to save letters. And every letter was saved and preserved and beautiful and wrapped up. And all of a sudden, we saw these boxes full of letters. And uh, Sergio and his staff, they went through them. They said, you're not going to believe some of these letters. like." Getting a letter from Rosie O'Donnell, who was in love—I don't want to say that in the true sense of the word love—but you know, she really liked me a lot.
0: Whoopi Goldberg. Everybody, by the way, Alec Baldwin. Whoopi. I mean, it's the, the whole. World, it's yeah. the whole. It's the whole. It's all this kind of graciousness, Until gratitude, I ran for in class Before, and class. Before, but not just yeah. running for office, because we have got Cuomo. I will talk to you about that. It's what you stood for when you ran for office. Yeah. That's what separated out. Um, I want to go just to some of the, the, I think, some of the ones, the best at the beginning. Talk to me, uh, Phantom of the Opera just closed. New York City is a very different place today, do you agree? Much different. You were there, there's a letter and a couple letters here from Andrew Lloyd Webber. Were you there opening night or close to opening night? Opening
2: night, night, yeah.
0: Opening night. Did you know at the time, tell me about that experience, did you know that this was going to be a landmark production? Well, nobody
2: does. You know, Broadway is hit and miss. They say the worst investment you can make is a Broadway play, because they always fail. But when you hit, it's big, okay? When you hit, it's almost bigger than hitting a big movie. In fact, some people say it's bigger. And uh, I had a lot of respect for him. He lived in Trump Tower with Sarah Brightman. They fought, they fought like hell. I, this was not made in heaven. She always <laughs> wanted the windows open, but it's an old glass building. You have to keep them closed Tell the about that: Because the letters,
0: your observation, she was an opera singer? She Did was she, a singer. Great and she wanted to, she to, it open to sing? She, or wanted she wanted it for
2: her voice. She was a
0: very... Fresh uh, air.
2: Fresh air. She didn't want perfect air, she wanted fresh air, but the fresh air from New York. So, you know, she was happy. Fifth Avenue, the cars, everything. But
0: it's a glass tower.
2: It's an all glass tower. We have window washers that go up and they blast the hell out of the yep. glass. And like once You're very month. particular
0: about how the building's clean. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, I always keep things clean. I like thin- I like cleanliness, right? So that's why I get sick when I look at New York and what what's happened so badly. But so we have these beautiful window washers they go up mechanically and they just blast everything but all the windows are closed. We say please never have your window open, please, please. But she didn't care about that. She wanted it open for her voice. And uh, this window washer goes up and Every time we'd pass their apartment, they'd have a window open, and they would just... And they're hitting it
0: with the high pressure. Yeah, and
2: she was not happy. This was... <laughs> she'd be rehearsing, though. she'd get wiped out. It got to a point, I don't even think they rebuilt or repainted, because she just insisted on it. She used to complain all the time. And, and you know, she was very nice. At it, but she wanted to have outside air. And I said, why don't you move into a different building? You know, this is like, we're a glass tower, a beautiful glass tower. But anyway, but they were married, and she was a big star. She was the star, star. of Phantom. Yeah. But no, it's just interest, because I'm a big fan, of fan of the opera, and others. Did you
0: know, as soon as the first night you saw it, there was going to be something special? Because you, you fell in love with this, particularly certain S- music.
2: So it's like politics, like anything. You never really know, but this thing was special. So he wrote me a letter, which I have in here, and it's uh, Dear Donald essentially saying, I'd love you. This is where people love me. I used to get invited to everything. I was invited to that Anna Winter thing that she does at the museum. The Metropolitan, me Museum, best, the, the Metropolitan Museum, right, the Super Bowl there. of Fashion. The day I ran for politics, I said, has the invitation come in? I <laughs> uh, haven't seen any, sir, but I, was, I get the best table. I was the king of that thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go cold turkey, which is okay. And it's over politics. And, you know, all I want to do is make America great again. You know, when you think about it, make America great, America first. Why are people so opposed to that? I, I don't even think they know why they're opposed. But anyway, so... I look at this beautiful letter I get from Andrew Lloyd Webber, who was big before Phantom, but nothing like Phantom. And he did Jesus Christ Superstar, which was another great one. He did a lot of great things. But he said, because he lived in the building at Trump Tower, he knew me a little bit. And he said, I'd love to have you as my guest. I'm opening up a musical called The Phantom of the Opera. And I said, oh, so let's go. So I say on the letter, OK, I'll go. And anyway, we went, and it opens with the chandelier and this. You've been there, right? Yes, said, yes, t- yes. you yes, yes. you agree? Shocked, it's like... First
0: time I saw it, shock you when the chandelier drops. St- the no, whole, but the whole thing was The whole thing magnificent.
2: It was a great, great musical. He said, but I'm opening a musical called Phantom of the Opera, and I'm saying to myself, all right. Now, I get many letters like that. I still get letters like that, except it's a little hard
0: <laughs> when they make
2: you put masks on. <laughs> Do this thing. I mean, you know, I think Broadway, you still have to... It's brutal. It's brutal. Right. I mean, if you had a, a Broadway theater right now, it just is just... Well, plus the city. What's happened to the city. Plus what's happened to the city. Look, it just and
0: closed after, what, 40 years. This yeah. letter is oh, from... No, no, from yeah. The, yeah. Writing you yeah. to opening night, the reason I want to start with that, it just closed last week.
2: Yeah, no, it did. It did. It was very sad. Because of
0: what's happened to the city. I think I
2: know why it closed beyond that, but I think it's, yeah. you know, you got to have... you got to have a lot of things going right, and they get so... Uh, politically correct but it did close and I would think it's very hard to open on Broadway have anything on Broadway but Phantom was one of the greatest of all so I go in and I see this music I said this thing is unbelievable it didn't take long because the music is so good by the time we had intermission it was like I said this thing is incredible and by the end you know with the whole thing with the gondolas and the candles and the whole thing coming out and the great music And we play a lot of that music. I mean, I I go to places where we want background music that's beautiful, it's great, everybody likes it. But you go there and it's opening night for one of the most successful plays, musicals ever, I would say, maybe the most, but certainly one of the most. And it was sort of cool to see a letter where I'm opening a show on Broadway. It's a musical. It's called Phantom of the Opera, and it's Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I said, okay, I'll go. And then you go, and you know, you think, That's a long time ago. You feel young. I still feel very young, and I watch uh, other people. By the way, when they talk about Biden being old, he's not old. I have friends that are 85, 90, 93. You look at Bernie Marcus; he's 100%. He's 94, 95. Sharp as ever. Uh, Biden's not old. That's not his problem. He's got other problems, but he doesn't have old problem. But yeah, I think they like to say that for other reasons. You know, like to say he's got a
0: big problem now because you've given him a nickname.
2: Well, I've yesterday changed. was a, yesterday was a big day. I changed. I decided that uh, I've decided that Hillary's cooked. Uh, we can't do too much better. You know, I always felt, I never felt the crooked Hillary was a great name. I thought it was accurate, but it never flowed like some you, of the you other.
0: You have names. letters in here from Bill Clinton. You talk about Bill I Clinton. No, I liked he, him. He, he had I a real relationship funny. with you.
2: They were at my wedding. They were at my wedding to Melania when we got married in Palm Beach, and uh, they came. A lot of people came. That, Maybe you're sort of saying, can you try and leave me out of that whole deal? But it was a beautiful wedding. They were there. They couldn't have been nicer. We had a very good relationship. I used to play golf with Bill Clinton. Uh, I have a club, Westchester, uh, in Westchester, that's fantastic. There's a great
0: photograph in this book uh, at Westchester with Bloomberg, Clinton, yourself, for a round.
2: Well, Bloomberg loved me, too, until I ran Bloomberg called me and said, could you do me a favor? Could you take over this golf course that's been under construction for 28 years? It was a project in the Bronx. Right. I took it over. I, I got it done in nine months. It was under construction for 29 years. And he was embarrassed by it. I had a very, and I did a great job with it. And we opened it, Jack Nicklaus. It and was it's a, a public place, people. It's a public the, 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 course. The, the, the,
0: the, the MAGA deplorables, the average citizen could go play yeah, that course. No, today. it
2: is. It's, a, it's in the Bronx. I did it as sort of a favor to him. I said, all right, I'll do it. I said, fellas, look, you've been been screwing the city for 29 years. It's time we get this thing built. You know, they were rough guys, too. These were guys that were, even you don't want to know them, okay? These were rough guys, but they were good. I said, let's get it done. Let's get it done. And I got it done in a year, built a beautiful clubhouse, everything uh, top of the line. And then, uh, they never really appreciated By that time, Bloomberg was gone. But I did it because Bloomberg asked me to do it. I had a very good relationship with Michael Bloomberg. But then he went crazy. Something happened to him. And, you know, when he uh, went away from his policy of guns, you know, what he was doing with the gun stuff, which basically was started by Rudy. Look, Rudy was the greatest mayor in the history of New York. And the crime... St- I mean, I don't know how you, you were there,
0: there. You were there when, it, when the city started to collapse. I saw it all. I saw it collapse. I saw it come back. Rudy
2: started. And you've seen it it collapse again. Now it's collapsing again. Now it's uh, at a level. And the one thing that's different, we had a very powerful police force that wasn't being utilized. Now many of those great policemen and women have left and gone to Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, many states, and they're leaving. And you need, you need, and you have some great, People, but they're looking to leave. They're not being treated with respect in New York's finest. And we love them, and I love them. You know, they endorsed me for president. They've never done that before. It was a big deal at yes, the time. Too they too. endorsed me for president, and it was a fantastic day that we had when they did that, because it's never happened before. They didn't even know if they were allowed to do it, but the, it didn't matter to them. They gave me the most beautiful award. Uh, they had me man of the decade. The whole thing with the New York New York finest. They were never treated properly, and they were never allowed to do meaning over the last 10 years, they were never allowed. De Blasio was a disaster as a mayor. They hated it. Remember when he was making a speech and the police all turned around with their back facing De Blasio? Never. He was so bad to the police, and many of them have left. And they didn't want to come
0: to the, some of the funerals. Remember that? They, they had a big controversy about, about the... No,
2: the he, he, de Blasio was so bad. It's not even thinkable how bad he was. And it started there, and it's just you know does that hit you long especially long because
0: you're from queens but yeah. you went to new york and made it, it to manhattan yeah. that what's happened to this great city that you were so much a part late 20th century starting in the 80s you were everywhere it was and the, you can tell by this book this is yeah. the power by the way uh, go to uh, 45books.com promo code war You get a, you get free shipping this is a must have a great mothers day gift a great fathers day gift the quality of it the quality of the photos the paper stock it's the incredible. binding they did a great job, and this is, what I want everybody to do is put it on your coffee table, particularly if you have friends and relatives that are not MAGA, because, here's the point. No, because the gratitude, the gracious, and, and no, there's all, ty- there's all types of things in here where you have done favors for people that yeah. nobody knows about. That's one of the things about this, uh, about the book that's so incredible, and you've got Sean Connery, you've got Michael Douglas, you've got Kirk Douglas, you've got Oliver Stone, Jack Nicholson, Arnold Palmer, I mean, great religious figures, thinkers. So many
2: interesting stories. Arnold Palmer, you know, he's a very rich man. IMG, the big deal, the big agency. Mark McCormick. Mark McCormick was a golfer. Really
0: started it with Palmer. Should I I tell tell this story? Tell it, yes.
2: So Mark McCormick went to a very good college, good golfing college, and uh, he wanted to be a professional golfer. And his college, whatever it was, Duke or some college, but... They played Wake Forest, and he got to play. He was the number one player in his team. He got to play Arnold Palmer, who was the number one player in Wake Forest. And Mark McCormick was really good. You know, he was better than a scratch player. That's very good. And uh, he heard about Arnold Palmer, but you know, he figured he's just the best player in that team. And you know, so uh, they played through nine holes. And his friend called over in the fairway, "Mark, how are you playing?" He said, "I cannot play better. I'm playing great. How are you doing? I'm seven down." <laughs> <You know. laughs> He's seven down after nine. He said, I can't beat this guy. And he lost the match. You know, it was over after about 11 holes or something. And he comes back. back. 11
0: and 8 or whatever. He realized
2: that he's never going to be able to beat him. I got to get another line of work. Right. No, he said, you know, this isn't going to work out. He's longer. He's stronger. He putts better. He chips better. There's not a thing he doesn't do much better. He said... I could play this guy a hundred times, I could never beat him. So now he realizes, you know, Arnold Palmer then went over and he won the U.S. Amateur and then he became a pro and right from the beginning. But, you know, he was a great guy, a very powerful guy. Arnold Palmer is a great story because his father worked at La Trobe. It's a golf course, a very, uh, you know, at the time, very uh, sort of middle of the rung golf course. And he was a, uh, he carried grass because he was a very powerful man. They call him a sod carrier, can you believe it? He carried sod on his shoulders because he was so powerful. And Arnold was a very powerful man. You know I mean? That's the way it is. Arnold was like a blacksmith. His arms were strong. He uh, He was quite a man. And Arnold would practice with his father after the club was closed. And they couldn't afford even a golf club. So they'd go in and use the members club in the evening. They'd take a members club. And Arnold became a great golfer. Then he won the US Amateur, he turned pro, he immediately did well, he bought the club and he made his father the manager. Isn't that great? That's you know, great. it's like, to me, it's like one of the great stories. many great stories, but that's one of the great stories. But Arnold was a special guy. So Arnold was a very rich guy. So Mark McCormick lost, badly, and he realized after that he could never be a pro, you know, because they're just much better, that little elite group of people. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a big difference, believe me, I know very well. And so what happens is he, uh, he said to Arnold, Arnold, I think you're going to be a great star. I'd like to sign you, because I've always wanted to do it. And he gave Arnold a piece of the agency, IMG. Arnold was a very rich guy. He owned a piece of the Golf Channel. Everyone wanted to do it. It was the early years.
0: And First guy really flying a jet, had his own jet. He had his
2: own jet. In fact, he asked me a question. He said to me, you know, because I became very friendly with Arnold later, on, when he was older. He said, you know, I, I bought a beautiful jet and they all want me to finance it. They give me all these financing options. Should I finance it? I said, well, do you need the money? No, I don't. I'd rather just pay cash. I said, you're doing it right. Pay cash. You don't have to listen to these geniuses. <laughs> you don't need to borrow money. Just, just because I'll never forget it. It was like, I said, do you need the money? No, I don't want to do that. They want me to finance the plane. I don't want to put debt on the plane. I said, Arnold, do what you're doing if you don't need the money. It was sort of funny, but Arnold flew his own plane. But Arnold was a great guy, and so he became an owner of IMG. He was one of the original owners. I think it was I think it was just Mark and Arnold. Arnold was the first client at IMG. IMG became the biggest uh, agency. I mean, Mark McCormick did a phenomenal job he was very good at that he isn't, was better at that than he is, was at isn't God.
0: that the part of the of the agency that represented you was or was it they had hiring. yeah Didn't they buy, i think they brought william morris yes, and they did that but yes, that
2: was you was, know later but the initial img yeah, was owned by impressive. arnold palmer and mark mccormick and mark mccormick did a phenomenal yeah. job he passed away he was uh, he died during an operation actually but uh, did a
0: fantastic job actually arnold palmer passed away during the 16 campaign i remember you That's were gracious for- saying you wanted to attend the funeral, but you realized with the intensity of the campaign, it would bring a circus. To oh, so it, was, it would've would've a circus. Would, So Oh, out. I would
2: have done that in two seconds, and I called up the family, and because uh, it was, you know, just great people. He was married to Winnie, totally in love with her. So he, it took it took him years to recover. When she passed away, and then she passed away, and then five or six years later, he met another woman who, who was absolutely uh, great but uh, Arnold was having a very hard time and you know with that whole thing he was a he was a great he was a great gentleman and a great a great man in many respects he, he did a uh, you know then Jack came along Arnold did a great job and then Jack came along and Jack was able to beat Arnold you know Jack was longer and he was younger and Different lots of game. Things. and Jack went through a little hell because nobody wanted him to beat Arnold Arnold was you know Arnold was Arnold but Jack was uh, phenomenal, and he spoke with his clubs. You know, he didn't speak like our friends in the world of politics. They only speak with their mouth, not with their brains, not with anything no, else. But Jack, Jack spoke with his clubs. He was phenomenal, and Jack's another one, a Gary player. You meet great people, whether it's golf or other sports, but uh, a lot of those people are represented in the book. In, in the book,
0: did you realize at the time because I'm going to talk about some of the politicians and did they have the right stuff. Okay. Did, you, did you realize at the time, because if you see the letters and you see the communication, there's uh, graciousness, gratitude, t- true friendship. Yeah. Even maybe sometimes you didn't know them that well, you'd done things for yeah. them. There's a line of demarcation, November 8th of 2016, the yeah. day you win, on mm-hmm. that, on that, on that. What, what you stood for is America First and MAGA. Is that the line of demarcation in your life? Did many of the people that you had known and, and they respected you and you had relationships with, did that end because of your finally turning to politics? You
2: maybe earlier. I think it more went the announcement rather than the day of the victory. That was a great victory. That was a victory like nobody's ever seen before, let's face Greatest it. Comeback you happened history. to be there in the room sitting right yes. next to me, so you know it better than anybody. But. Was that the wildest evening ever?
0: Incredible. And I think if we do it again... Yeah, You've got to tell the story about President Obama telling you about, about. remember, they keep telling him, hey, we got a firewall in North Carolina. No, that's <laughs> a, no I can a tell fire-wall. that, story. It's a little long, but it was,
2: we have the firewall in North Carolina, we got this, we're going to win Florida, we're going to do this. Uh, it was actually about Bill Clinton, with Bill Clinton, and we'll tell that story for while, but but uh, I think it was one of the greatest, and I think if we win in... Uh, twenty four, I think it's going to be
0: when we win at twenty
2: four. Yeah. The country oh, I can't hope so. the, co-
0: the country can't take can't I don't take, think
2: it can take it. No, I don't think, it I, don't think it it. I don't think we're gonna have a country. You know anymore.
0: this as a businessman, yeah, correct?
2: I don't think well, even as a politician, uh, they've weaponized you would know this very well, they've weaponized the Justice Department, they've weaponized the FBI. They're doing things that a communist country would do, a Marxist country would do. It's a very Did you thing. ever
0: think this country would get to that?
2: I never thought it would be that bad. And you don't dealt forget. with some
0: tough people. Yeah, I said, we
2: will never have a socialist country. And I was right. We skipped that station. We went right into Marxism or communism. It's What's going on is sick. And what they do is they're unbelievable at cheating on elections. With you, I don't have to worry about saying that because, you know, if you say that on Fox, they want to cut you out. Uh they cheated on elections, had Rupert Murdoch backed his people, he wouldn't have had any liability. When he went out and said there was nothing wrong with this election, what a thing to say. I mean, if you just look last week with the FBI and what happened with the FBI and Twitter, or the FBI and Facebook, where they told them what to say, and they said don't talk about the laptop, or if you look at the intelligence agents, how about that? The 51 the intelligence 51 agents talking about yeah talking Biden. about Hunter Biden and saying it was Russian disinformation. I always think, what do you think Putin is saying when every week they came up with another thing? Russia, Russia, Russia. They never blamed anything on China because they were all getting rich
0: from China. The know? one way you can tell he's illegitimate is the lack of respect that they have for him throughout the world. Boy, he goes to Sa- when we you went to Sa- we went to Saudi Arabia. I mean, yeah. the military's out. The thing they go, he's in an SUV with a fist bump. The mullahs don't respect him. The KGB in Moscow doesn't respect him. Well, you know she, the fist bump. She, who is right here for the historic yeah. oh, summit, no respect for him. Spent three days here. And we had a great. We developed
2: a great relationship. Now, once COVID came, it was like you know that was that was a step too far. I mean, that cost the world millions of lives and about sixty trillion dollars. So nobody can ever pay for that, the lives and sixty trillion dollars. But they'll pay something. They'll pay something. Would you demand
0: reparations from China in second term? In some form.
2: You can't. There's no such thing as $60 trillion. You could add 20 Chinas, okay? You can't. But they cost the world, I figured it cost $60 trillion worldwide, and, you know, millions and millions of lives. What came out of the Wuhan lab? You remember. I was the first one to say, I said, it came from the Wuhan lab. Everyone said, what's the Wuhan lab? And I never veered from that. I never veered from The
0: last anything. week of January in 2020, for the first time in American history, you stopped travel from China and also put them in quarantine. That's right. Remember, you had the huge fight. That's Fauci right. and the guys in the National Security Council. They thought, didn't want to do that. Didn't no. want to do it. Remember, they said it doesn't make any difference. Is there any doubt in your mind that, uh, and when to get back to the book, was there any doubt in your mind given the role you were on in 19, where the economy was, no inflation, blue-collar workers, non-college graduates getting 10% 10 and 11%, pay increases, yeah. no inflation. Most economy, incredible time. You, 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 what nobody gives you credit for, too, is the quantitative tightening. Yeah. You've got 3% growth, you had a tax thing, and, and Janet Yellen, does, she's taken almost a trillion dollars off the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. Qua- right. Not quantitative easing, what Biden has done, which juices the system. You put another headwind in to make sure that there wasn't gonna be asset inflation. In 19, is there any doubt in your mind whether they purposely released or inadvertently came from the lab? that the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party and Xi, wanted to do to make sure that Donald Trump was not re-elected president. Since.
2: Well, there's always a little doubt. You can't just say definitely. A lot of people think that was true because I was charging them hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes and tariffs. In a phase one deal. Phase not for oh, what phase oh, two you're... Oh, remember the
0: first one. deal you had, the seven things, they, they had the deal, and then they go that's back and say, upon further review, we can't do that. Oh, he's right. deal. Exactly. Exactly. The they seven. said,
2: no, 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 we can't. We went... We were getting ready for a closing. That would have
0: saved the world's economy.
2: But I got a lot of it done later on. Yes. And actually, the individual deals. Like, for instance, I got a trade deal done for the farmers and for the yes. manufacturers. Like That's why I just had a poll out of Iowa. We're doing so great. I gave the farmers $28 billion. Steve, I gave $28 billion. In fact, I said about a month ago, they were saying, about, will it be close in, in Iowa? And I said, it's not going to be close in Iowa. I gave the farmers... So it's Iowa, Nebraska, the whole Farm Belt. I gave the farmers $28 billion. I asked my Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, good guy. I said, Sonny, how much would because what they did to, you know, what China did to the farmers, they tried to put them out of business because of me, because I was saying, this is what we're doing with the tariffs. The the farmers were so unbelievable the way they stuck with me, because we had to go through a period of time before we made, and that trade deal was unbelievable. I gave the farmers $28 million. You know what that is? Divided among all these farmers, they got checks. They got a check in the mail. They, they couldn't believe it. I said, nobody's
0: going to beat me with the farmers because nobody... And gave a tax so They didn't have to sell the farm when they passed it to the kids. Uh, didn't have to sell the farm to the kids. The farmers' kids were you, getting You've been down. one of the, the, the great uh, backers of yeah. the American farmer, well, particularly well, the small believer. American farmer, not yeah. just the big agrarian yeah.
2: Maybe even more so the small farmer. but But, you know, they were losing their farms because the father would die. The parents would die. They'd leave it to their kids who they loved. I said, if you don't leave their kids, then it's not going to help you that much because who cares? You're going to be dead. Who cares? But if you love your children, I'm your best friend ever. They have no tax to pay when they sell their farm. They had no, because the estate tax or the death tax, as we call it sometimes, but the estate tax was so onerous, it was so bad. So they die and they leave their farm and they'd assess the farm because, you know, farms value but they don't have necessarily a lot of right. cash. Right. So all of a sudden these kids have to go to banks and they mortgage up their farm. They put a 70% mortgage on and within and two, these, three years... And at these
0: interest rates are dead.
2: Oh, they were dead. dead. And now you have the interest yeah. rates That's again.
0: A, of, of Biden. You
2: have the interest rates again. They want to raise taxes. They want to double your taxes. It's great. Look, between borders, and we can talk by the about... Way, the, by but, the, but think of it, 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 it. Between you, borders... It, but this
0: also people don't get. The tariffs, you went after she and said, hey, we're going to bring back American manufacturing and take care of American citizens. People don't realize you also use tariffs to help secure the border. 100%. The, the Mexico started getting, you know...
2: Well, they would have never done it. I said to uh, the president of Mexico, who I really like, I have to tell you, he's great. You know, he wouldn't, I don't think to this day he's even acknowledged, he said that election was a rigged election. He said it happened to him 10 years before. And he's a socialist, but you know what? Uh, he's a terrific guy. But I said, listen, uh, we're building a wall, and we built, I built hundreds of miles of wall. That was my first hint that what they wanted to do is let people pour into our country. From prisons, from mental institutions, what what they have allowed- Only the best. Only the best, only the best. Insane asylum, you know, insane asylum, that's silence of the lamb type, okay? We have them all, and their their mental institutions are practically emptied out. Their prisons are emptied out. MS-13, I took them out by the tens of thousands. And now what they've done is they've sent them back in. And we have MS-13, a level that we never had before. I got them out of here. Out of
0: Long Island. I mean, not oh, on the Long border. Island. I mean, they're all over the country. They killed the country.
2: two young school children, yeah. two young 16-year-old girls going to school, and they knifed them and they carved them out with a knife because a gun wasn't uh, was too fast and too easy. They carved them up. These are two young girls going to school. You have to see the parents. They'll never be... The they'll never survive. We, we had don't.
0: bigs on the show. There's 700,000. We got a team on the border right now, Real America Voice. There's 700,000 to a million. This is big things. Yeah. Border Patrol. Right now. That when Title 42 goes yeah. away, yeah. right? And you implemented Title 42. When Title 42, because you didn't want the country flooded with, with people that potentially were affected. When Title 42 you know, goes they're gonna away...
2: They're going to come in, and these are people that are very sick. They have all sorts of diseases. Not only, you know, I mean, you hear about COVID. COVID's like, you're lucky if you have COVID by comparison to these other things. And I set it up so that Title 42, we need it because they're going to come in, they're going to infect our population with sickness. And I said it, and we weren't allowing very many people in at all, especially during COVID. And now they're ending it. And even the judge, the judge was very good in many ways, but he said, listen, uh, in about two weeks, you know, it's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Hundreds of thousands of people immediately are going to pour into our country. And the number is going to be, Steve, at the end of this year, in my opinion, real number, because, you know, they only talk about the people that they see, which is ridiculous because most of the people come in, you know, they're not seen. Uh, The number is going to be uh, 15 million people by the end of the year. 15 million, not three or four. You know, you hit three million, four million. It's going to be 15 million people by the end of the year. That's bigger than New York State. And these people are coming in from their prisons and their mental institutions. And it's not just, uh, it's just not Guatemala and Honduras. It's not uh, just Mexico. These people are coming all o- from all over the world, from Asia, from Africa. We have people coming, Haiti is like emptying out. There is going to be no Haiti. Somebody's going to end up buying all of Haiti. You're not going to have any people there. They're going to say, what a nice piece of land this is. Everyone from Haiti is moving into the United States of America. The people are coming in from all over the world at levels that nobody's ever seen. Steve, when I I had the strongest border in the history of this country, and now we have the worst... And I say it's the worst border in the history of the world because no, and I say this during speeches, no third-world country would allow this to happen to them, what's happening to us, and they'd fight them with sticks and stones if they had to. There has never been a border like what we have right now. And don't forget, that's not only people. That's drugs, it's human trafficking. I had drugs down to a level that we haven't seen in a long time. Drugs now are 10 times worse than they were three years ago. 10 times. Human trafficking, which is mostly women. Women. And
0: and young girls.
2: Yeah, women and young girls. Uh, But women, young girls. Uh, Not men, and it's not even children for the most part. It's women. Human trafficking, I had it to the lowest level they've ever seen, ever recorded, the lowest level. I mean, one is too many, but we had it down to the lowest level. We had a really strong border. Given the the policies
0: you had in place, and given we understood that the Mexicans feared you putting in tariffs, and given the fact, remember, they sent the Mexican Marines off everything you asked for, is this just by happenstance, or do you believe that Biden, Mayorkas, Merrick Garland have thought through a way to exacerbate and maximize understanding that your return to the White House, what's gonna happen in the four years he's here, to maxi- to get to, when you talk about 15 million people, it's unheard, I mean, in Hungary in places they're fighting and it's a couple of hundred thousand. Hungary, they won't allow
2: anybody other than they do allow Ukrainians to come in. You know, he's done a very good job, Viktor Orban. He's a fantastic man, but he had a strong, oh, he was strong. But he does allow Ukrainians to come in, and they'll probably someday move out, or they'll keep them. I mean, they'll be fine. No, uh, when I look at some of the, you know, I used to go, like, I just started this about a month ago, I used call it, everything's April Fool's Day. We don't want voter ID. That's April Fool's Day. Who doesn't want voter ID? Right. They don't want because they want to cheat.
0: It's April Fool's Day because it's so ridiculous.
2: No, it's right. April Fool's. You know, April Fool's is the opposite. Uh, we don't want to have a strong border. Because we want millions of people to come in from mental institutions and from jails. It's April Fool's, right? We want to have a weak military. April Fool's. We want to have high interest rates and high taxes. It's April Fool's. Everything's the opposite of what it should be. We don't want to be energy independent. We want to spend, instead of a eighty-seven a gallon, we want to spend $9 a gallon. We want to go to all electric cars that go for two hours and then you get stuck in the middle of a, a road and there's nobody. You might as well forget the car. How do you get it? And, I mean, look at California, they want to go all electric, but they have brownouts because they don't have enough electric. And don't forget, it takes energy and it takes what we have under our feet. It takes liquid gold to make everything so the electric can work. And we're playing right into the hands of China because they have all of the minerals, all of the everything to make the batteries. batteries. And we have none of it. We have none of it. It's either in China, which they have very valuable land for that. You know, we have oil and gas. But they have minerals that we don't have. So, the
0: rare earths and access to oh, the they, rare earths. Oh, they are
2: in love with what's happening. They can't believe we're stupid. I don't think anybody can be that stupid. Look, Biden got millions of dollars from China. I mean, why would anybody do this? And people don't want to have all electric. You know, right now, electric cars are like 3 4% of the market. And if somebody wants to buy an electric car, they should. But if somebody wants to buy a car with 12 cylinders, they should be allowed to buy the car and use... Uh, gasoline. Use gasoline. You should be able to buy everything. Or you should buy a hybrid. You should buy maybe a combination of both. And it was going well. Now, they want all electric. The problem is, during the summers in California and other states, they have brownouts. They can't produce enough electricity, and they never will be able to. You can't run an
0: industrial society on this theory of net carbon zero and wind and solar. You know, this. the wind is... It's the
2: environmental lunatics, and they are putting our country out of business. And you say to yourself, uh, is it on purpose? Are they bad people or are they stupid? They can only be two things. They can only be people that want to destroy our country or they're stupid people. Do you think they're stupid people? Uh, I think actually they can't be because they cheat so well. You know, you can't be stupid when you cheat like they did in 2020, okay? They cheated at a level that nobody's ever cheated before. They use COVID to cheat. Big time. Okay. They use COVID to cheat with all these mail-in ballots. Let me no, tell you, v-
0: no signature verification. If
2: they don't get rid of mail-in ballots, even Jimmy Carter, he had a commission and he said, you got to get rid of mail-in ballots. You can never have mail-in ballots. In many countries, like in France, they just Why have Why can't election. we
0: go to that system? Paper ballots, game day Do The vote, Republicans to have to
2: fight. I'll give you an example. Do you think we the Republicans have, are tough have, enough
0: to get this done? I don't know. That's, look, the one thing,
2: uh, the Democrats have horrible policy, but they stick together and they cheat. The Republicans don't want to cheat. I said to a man in Pennsylvania. I love Pennsylvania. I did great. I was up by almost nine hundred thousand votes. All votes. of a sudden, I was even. I said, "What happened?" And you see the chart, and then it, there was a dump, big dump. I mean, it was amazing. I was at seventy-three percent. I think we were up by seven, eight hundred. I mean, that we was were like nine
0: hundred thousand votes.
2: We're up by <laughs> numbers. I said, "Why don't they call it?" And all of a sudden, there's a dump. There were. Many dumps early in the morning, you know. Uh, The level of cheating was incredible. You really say, you know, look at all these investigations going on. And they're always investigating the people that want to look at why there was cheating. They don't investigate the cheaters. Why aren't they investigating the people that cheated in the election, not the people that want to see, like, truth to vote, where they have millions of votes. Truth to vote is incredible. Those people, yeah,
0: <laughs> in a Texas they person. found
2: millions of <laughs> Chi- votes that were <laughs> stuffed, ballot stuffing. That's old-fashioned stuff, ballot stuffing. And the
0: Chinese have the they have the server with all the names on it, et cetera. It's it's too absurd. It, it's all on tape. Do you in this book, you have Cuomo, Ted Kennedy, others you knew for years. The century yeah. letters. knowing how tough the job is, do you, you know Cuomo never ran? Kennedy kind of ran in a half-hearted primary against uh, and loss. Do you think they had the right stuff to actually be president of the United States? Well, it
2: takes guts to run. It took guts for me. Uh, it's not easy to run, you know. And
0: I think if I, you knew uh, the day, you standing at the top of the escalator, if you knew what was going to happen to your personal life, of the relentless assault, the legal, they're trying to put you into bankruptcy, trying to put your children into bankruptcy, attacks on your family, yeah. your business, your friends, everything. Uh, 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 Bedminster was going to host the PGA. Turnberry bought in a turnaround to be in the Open uh, Championship Rota. Mm. Everything on every aspect of your life that you cherish, if you knew standing at the top of that escalator, that that is what is going to be installed with it. Everything in this book, I'm walking away from. Not just walking away from, it's going to be a hard... Walking away
2: from a wonderful, beautiful life. I have all of these incredible properties that I don't even get to see now. You know, I'm going to Scotland next week to look at properties. I haven't seen it. I have Turnberry. I own Turnberry. I own uh, Aberdeen. I own Dunebeg in Ireland. On the oil ocean, I said and, you,
0: and there's a very special letter in here from Sean Connery. Oh, he's great. Sean Con, that's what I want to talk to you. are going to Ireland Scotland last week. Sean Connery has this letter in there that says, I guess, assisted you in the toughest yeah, times yeah. to get that beautiful piece of property turned to a great links course.
2: But just to the answer ch- the question that you were about to ask me, would I do it again? Is that what you were going yes. to would say? You, would
0: you know then? Yeah. Would you would you even done it then? Would you even done it then? I, I would have. Look, um, very few people
2: get this opportunity. Mike Bloomberg spent $2.5 billion. He never got past the first question in the debate. When he debated, that was a big decision for him. That was a big, bad decision. Uh, Pocahontas asked him a question. It was such a bad question. Everyone thought it was about me, but then it says, and I'm not talking about President Trump, I'm talking about you. And he stood there, he said, oh, my God. And that was the end of his campaign. Had he kept spending $100 million a week on advertising, he might have been the nominee, and, you know, who knows what would have happened, okay? But but that's not the reason. The reason is, we really, we're going to make this country great. We're going to do this, we're going to get it going, and it'll be bigger the second time if we do it, because we'll be able to show how bad the policies are. If I did the normal, like, look, we won the election. We won it by a lot. I got many, I got millions, almost 12 million more votes the second time. 74, I say that. To 74 some, somebody from the New York Times. We did said, a pretty
0: good job in 16, but, we 12 job, major, but got 74 12 million millions, it's
2: amazing. See, I was told that if I get the same 63 million votes uh-huh. as I got the first time, I can't lose. We got 12 million more votes. Incredible. We did better. You know, somebody from the Times is interviewing me early on, and they said, What went wrong? I said, What went wrong? I got 12 million more votes than I did the first time. I was told by McLaughlin and all your friends that Fabrizio, everybody said. remember Obama.
0: Obama, who they barely, you know, could even match his first time, barely did. Well, he didn't match. No, he got less the second time. So 12 million more votes.
2: I got millions more votes than Obama got. Many, I don't know what the number is, many, many millions more votes. And we lost. We didn't lose. It was a rigged election, but it's one of those You're things. Stolen. Now, what we have to say, didn't close. what we have to say is that we learn from that. We can't let anything like that happen again. They did use COVID, and COVID was, you know, everyone said, "Oh, everything has to be by these phony mail-in ballots." And again, Jimmy Carter said, "You can't do it." But just to get to your question, the intro absolutely do it again, even if I knew exactly. Even today, I have these fake phony investigations going on. You know, I had it with Russia, Russia, Russia. That was a hoax. As soon as we found out, as soon as I won that one, about two weeks later, I had Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Right? I had a perfect phone call with Zelensky, and I got impeached over an absolutely perfect phone call. I'd do it again. Uh, I'd do it again because we did, I rebuilt the military, got the largest tax cuts in history, had the greatest employment. We had 164 million people. I was saying 161. There was 164 million people working. We never had anything yes. like that. The answer is absolutely. Now, I don't know how it's all going to turn out. If we win the election, we can turn this country around and make it really, really great again. And the good thing is, Steve, we'll be able to do things that we probably couldn't have done because we've seen how bad their policies are. And we'll be able to do things, including running the cities. Our cities are crime-ridden nests. You can't walk down a street and buy a loaf of bread. If you send your kid, the kid is going to be shot and killed. The whole world is watching this. You know, when we talk about democracy and America, Russia, you take a look, China, they're looking at kids getting shot all over the place. They're looking, or knifed or stabbed or beaten up. You can't go down. In Atlanta, where you have this young lady looking at me over another perfect phone call, in fact, this call was more perfect than the one I made to Zelensky in Ukraine. Uh, Atlanta is per capita the most dangerous city in our country. If people go out to buy their parents B- a loaf Bucket- of bread...
0: The is trying to separate himself.
2: Well, yeah. they should have been able to, but they stopped that. I mean, they stopped it. They should have been able to. They want to have their own security. But the district attorney who's after me doesn't prosecute murderers. They don't prosecute anything. People are dying in prisons from bedbugs. You saw that where the guy was eaten alive by bedbugs. Nobody's, they're not doing anything having to do with murder. Same thing in New York. The DA Bragg, who went after me, and is being soundly criticized because I did nothing wrong. In fact, if you read the so-called indictment, we did nothing wrong, nothing wrong. People are saying, you look at Greg Jarrett, you look at Andy McCarthy, you look Mike at a- any one of them, yeah. Mike David, any one of them, you take a look at them, they're, these are nobody on my side. But what they say is this is the worst indictment so ever. So, knowing all that. I mean, you Jonathan still Turley wrote one the other day, which brilliant. was unbelievable. It's a getting, joke. It's a joke. They didn't remember, getting, he didn't
0: even list the charges at the press conference.
2: No, there's no crime. They're saying, but there's no crime. Nobody's ever. Even Democrats are saying, this is horrible. But I have the same thing going on in Georgia. Over a perfect phone call, many lawyers on the other side. I'm talking to them, and everybody was fine. Nobody said. Then all of a sudden, a long time later, Trump made a phone call. You know, this is phony stuff. Nobody objected. In other words, with all these lawyers on the other side, nobody said, well, wait a minute, sir, you said something that's out of bounds. You have to change that. You have to Nobody said that. Nobody hung up. Nobody was, you know, indignant. And yet, they're looking at me over a phone call that I made that was absolutely perfect. More perfect than the Ukrainian phone call. One of those things. Look, I would absolutely do it again. I think we're going to win in 24, and I think it'll be the biggest thing ever to happen for our country because we're going to turn it around and we're going to make America great again. We're going to put America first. I did tremendous trade deals. They've now allowed some of these trade deals to go bad. You know, we're losing over a trillion dollars now on trade. I I renegotiated China, Japan, South Korea, so many, I mean, so many with India, The level, I'd actually look at some of these deals and go, who made these deals? The people that made them. It's hard to believe just on that basis that this
0: country would have survived. Plus you're underwriting, we're underwriting their defense. That was your thing about NATO. And and whether it's Western Europe, the Gulf, the the Straits of Malacca, the South China Sea, up off of Korea, we're underwriting the entire military coverage. The European Union
2: is... Almost as bad as China in terms of the way they treat us on trade. I mean, it's, you and I know this stuff, and we smile because it's almost like you're punch drunk. You know, you see so much, it's like hard to believe. The European Union is brutal. I said to Angela Merkel, Angela, how many Chevrolets do you have in the middle of Berlin? <laughs> Why? None. I said, Of course. How many Mercedes Benzes and all the other ones do we have? We take in millions of cars. They don't take our cars. And I did big numbers on them. I did numbers like nobody's ever done on them before. I mean, what I was doing to them. And it was like easy. Macron is a great guy. He's a, you know, he's a wise guy and all that stuff. He's, but you'd like him. But he's, you know, representing his country. He was going to tax, he was going to tax our American companies massively for doing business in France. I heard about it. I said, you can't do that. I put our people in. Your friend Mnuchin, who's, you know, I know you're not a big fan of his. But I said, here's what you do. You tell Macron he can't do that. They come back two weeks later, sir, we can't make a deal. I said, oh, you can't make a deal. Why can't you make a deal? He won't do it. He just won't do it. I said, that's okay. i give you another couple of days. Go ahead. They come back. They can't make a deal. So I said, let me do it. Watch. I called Macron. I said, Emmanuel, how are you? I hope everything's well in France. You're a wonderful man. Congratulations on your immigration policies. I think they're going to really do well. You're uh, you're doing just great. You know, people are being knifed left and right in Paris. Congratulations. I said, Emmanuel, here's the story. Uh, You're putting a big tax on our people that want to go to France, okay? And you're not even doing it with other countries. So that means you obviously think the United States is stupid. And in the past, we were stupid. But here's the story, Emmanuel. If that tax isn't removed within 24 hours, uh, we are going to tax at 100% every bottle of wine and champagne sent over from France, and they sent a lot, sent over from France 100%. No, 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 you cannot do that. I said, of course I can. It goes into effect tonight at 5 o'clock. I've already signed the legislation. I can do it myself. I don't need, thank God, I don't need Congress. 100% tariff on every bottle of champagne and wine, and we're going to make a fortune over and above the tax that you're charging. No, 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 may I call you back? He's called me back. I will be 15 minutes. He calls me back in three minutes. Uh, You have a deal, with dropping the tax. Now, that's one of many things I did. I did it with uh, Mexico, and I really like, by the way, I like Macron. They're doing their own thing. They're doing for their country. As they should be. I don't mind that. But with Mexico, I said, uh, Mr. President, I want 28,000 Mexican soldiers along our border, guarding our border, because you're sending in. He left, he said, you must be kidding. I said, no, no, I want them, and I want them free of charge. He sent his top guy to New York, and at the time I was in New York, I met with them. And the head of the State Department, who handles Mexico, who's a good woman, she was there for 22 years or something, she laughed at me, she said, sir, you'll never get that. We've been trying to get things like uh, stay in Mexico, a little thing like remain in Mexico. What does that mean? That means you, you remain in Mexico. You don't come in. We you don't wait Me- in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> so you remain in Mexico. They were in Tijuana. Tijuana had so many people, nobody ever. So remain in Mexico. But I said, I won 28,000. No, 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 you cannot get that, the head, of, the head guy. So we're negotiating. And I said to the woman, let's make it just a small dollar bet. I don't want to be like Romney with his $10,000 bet. You know, remember that f- fiasco? This guy is the worst but I'll make you a $10,000 bet. The people are watching, they said, that's too much to bet, just $1. They said, I'll make you $1 bet, I get it. So you won't get any of it. I asked for 10 things that were brutal, including our little thing that you mentioned on 42, right. uh, because that was very important. But I said to him, uh, here's the story. If you don't give us the soldiers and keep people out of our country until we allow them to come in, uh, I'm going to put a 25% tax on all cars and everything else that comes in from Mexico. He said, may I, may I see you in 10 minutes? I'd like to make a phone call. I mean, who's was calling the president. He comes back in 10 minutes, and says, you have a deal. So I didn't tax him. We got 28,000 soldiers for nothing. And these are very good soldiers. You know, Pancho Villa. These are Pancho Villa with the bullets on their chest and everything. They don't have, they don't have you know, our, our people, they don't let them be soldiers, OK? They say, if you touch somebody, you, you know, you get court-martialed and perhaps executed, OK? You're not allowed to speak rough. How about our generals? What do you think Patton would do? You know, Patton would, Patton would not be allowed to be a general today because he was too rough to the soldiers.
0: Or Blackjack Pershing down the Mexican oh, yeah, border. Oh, yeah,
2: Pershing, yeah, Pershing, you're right. He had the border under control. <laughs> Big
0: time. It was, he had the border under control. Expedition.
2: I hope your people are enjoying <laughs> no, this. No, no. We, we,
0: I, I want to make sure we don't keep you too long because you've been so gracious. This book is, shows a side of you that I think people have forgotten. Because this is the Donald Trump that America first met. And now you're under assault from everywhere. Total assault. Total assault. But
2: because you know, we're winning
0: mean? in the polls. If
2: I wasn't the way, the up 40, day. 50. 50. The, polls, yeah, the polls, polls, polls are
0: 62, 16.
2: Well, oh. De Sanctis is uh, failing badly. Ron De I mean, you know, it's always bad. You endorse somebody, he's dead. He's, he's over his political career. He's going to be looking for a job. He'll be lucky to get a job comes to me, begs me for an endorsement. I give it to him. He ends up winning the election, winning the nomination, winning the election by numbers that you wouldn't believe. I mean, he was so far down, yeah. he was gone. And then they shout to him a couple of years later, will you run against the president? I have no comment. Now, no comment means the answer is yes, right? But today, a very interesting thing happened. He said he's going to form a committee. He's going to form an exploratory. exploratory committee to determine, well, that's a... Except because he was never looking at committees, now he's looking at committees. It's amazing what being forty down does. But this is
0: the this is the consultants and donors in Buckingham. This is the guys going to make. But the donors are
2: largely leaving him now. You know. I think so. In fact, I will tell you off the record. Off the record, except for the millions of people that watch your show, because your show is your show is great. I mean, you're showing no, it's, it's a war audience. room. It's, it's, it is. It's, it's, this it's guy's a, a warrior. It's our,
0: uh, it's our, war, it's our you audience. Know,
2: whether they like him or not, it doesn't basically make any difference. But he is a warrior. There aren't too many. But what's happening is the donors are calling me right now because the donors follow the pulse. And when they see a guy getting clobbered, but think of it, he was a lousy politician because before he met me, yeah. before I gave yeah. him the endorsement, so
0: he, was, he was at three. Two things fundamentally changed yesterday, I think, in New Hampshire. Uh, one, you turned the guns onto Joe Biden. Um, also, the DNC came out, and they're coming out with spots that are going after your policies. Oh, that's a big tell. That's good. Because they know they, they know all this other nonsense is not going to get any traction. Mm-hmm. The, co- the country's collapsing. The border's invaded. And so they're going to say, now, let's go after If If we have to have this as a policy debate, you win. I mean, in a landslide. So Th- they're afraid.
2: They're, they're, they have the worst policy ever in history of any country. This whole thing, they became environmental maniacs. I want clean air, I want clean water, I want clean everything. I'm like an environmentalist in many ways. What they're doing with destroying our land with the windmills, destroying the whales washing up on shore, they're all purchased in China, you know that, they're made in China, and Germany to an extent, but mostly in China. What they're doing to our country is so unbelievable. Here we have more no. gas and oil in our ground
0: state. You, your policy was not independence. It was full-spectrum energy dominance 100%. in every, spe- every area. Every and by the way, if it's going to be wind and solar, fine. I'm not going to totally... Including solar, we want to make solar. the windmills
2: yes. here. If we're yes. going to have wind, we're going to right. make them here. Right. And I said, we're going to do wind, and I would have put... I was getting ready to put, until COVID came in, I was going to put a 50% tariff on windmills coming in, because if we do that, we're From going to China. make the windmills From, here.
0: Th- th- th-
2: th- you know, that's what they
0: do. They put these massive tariffs on. Yes. Uh, we're going. They're to... a mercantilist system. Yes. Is Joe Biden? Let's leave his cognitive ability aside. Given the complexity of making decisions in a modern economy, the trade-offs you had to do in tax, yeah. on, on trade, tariffs, uh, employment, immigration, all of it. Is he at the top of his game? Was he? Mentally top of his game. No, when he was even at the top of his game, was he? No, smart enough to understand how all these pieces fit together. Not at the top of his game.
2: In other words, you go back 30 years ago, look at all the mistakes he made. The Secretary of State said he made the biggest mistakes. He was never right on foreign policy. I was right on foreign
0: Everything I said was right. I said, Germany, don't do the The, But The letters, Nixon talking to you about when you thanked him in the letter here in the book, when he said, thank you for getting us out of Vietnam. This is a letter from 30 or 40 years yeah. ago. You, you have been against, like, uh, the Iraq War, the Vietnam War, all of these international uh, expeditions that got us in so much trouble. Well, it's peace through strength. I rebuilt our military.
2: Our military was obsolete. It was terrible. I rebuilt, I mean, we gave $85 billion to Afghanistan, if you can believe it. Do you know that Afghanistan is the second biggest arms dealer in the world right now? They're selling because they don't need 70,000 trucks many of which are armor-plated. You know, some of these trucks cost $2 million, by the way. They're, they've armored this thick on the bottom. They, they are selling, they have 700,000 guns and weapons of that type, guns, machine guns, the AK-47. They have thousands and thousands. They don't know what to do with them. They have night goggles. They're the best. You know, they were not... Night fighters, because you you can't see at night, right? You know, they were great fighters. They were great fighters. Not for us, they were great fighters for themselves. The Afghans are very good fighters, actually. But now they have night goggles, brand new, out of the box. They have tanks, they have planes, they have helicopters. They've already given a lot of them to Russia and to uh, China because we had the greatest helicopters in the world, fighting machines, okay? The Cobras, the fighting machines. Russia has won, China has won, they're taking them apart. They're going to duplicate them and maybe make them a little bit better, jack them up a little bit. It's unbelievable. We were getting ready to get out of Afghanistan. You know, I got it down to 2,500 oh, soldiers, oh, I remember. we were going to keep Bagram, this massive air force base that cost billions to build many years ago, because it was not because of Afghanistan, because it was one hour away from where China makes its nuclear weapons, and we were gonna get out with tremendous, I mean tremendous power and strength. And I spoke to Abdul, and you've heard me say it. Yes. Abdul was the leader. I said, Abdul, you're killing up people. You're not gonna do that anymore, are you? He said, Your Excellency, but why, but why do you send me a picture of my home? He said that to me, he said, a picture of his house, very lovely house, nice beige house, very, very nice. I said, you have to figure that out. I guess a picture of his house. But he's now still the leader. I got along with him fine. I said, if you kill any of our soldiers, because they were shooting, the snipers were killing a lot of our people, and especially under Obama. I said, if you do anything, if you kill any of our soldiers, we're gonna hit you harder than any country has ever been hit. I'm telling you, don't do it, you're excellent. He called me your excellency. I wonder if he calls Biden that. He may, he might not. Well, Biden would never speak to him. He's too sharp for Biden anyway. Biden wouldn't know what's happening. But I said, Abdul, you know, these are smart people, Steve. Tough these people. Are. And when I say that, the media goes, he said the head yeah. of the Taliban is smart. smart he said, smart pres- they asked me about President Xi. I said, no, he's at the top of his game. He's yeah. a brilliant guy, controls 1.4 billion people. Like, you know, and really smart. controls him. And then if I say, very smart, he's a very smart man, the press goes, he called him smart. Do you understand? Yeah, he's smart. They're at the top of their game. Uh, you look at all of them, like... We
0: mentioned Macron, you mentioned pick-up. But you had the the Mullahs in Persia, the KGB in Moscow. None of them them would go on offense against you. Why was that? We were going to
2: have a deal with Iran where Iran was dying to make a deal. I told China, if you buy oil from Iran, because China was a big... I said, because we're going to... You know, they were making money, a lot of money. I said, you buy oil from Iran, we're going cold turkey. We're not going to buy anything from China and they make $500 billion from us a year, they'd stop buying it. They didn't buy anything. They were so afraid of it. We have tremendous power against China, but we don't know how to use it. But if we keep going the way it is, we're going to lose that power because we're going to lose the economic edge. You know, they want to knock out our currency. They don't want the dollar to rain. They want to have the yuan rain. And if you look, Brazil, Colombia, Russia, China, whenever they want, Argentina, many of the countries, and if we lose the dollar as a standard,
0: as the as the standard, uh,
2: that will be worse than losing a big war. That would be
0: worse. Can you turn that around? Yeah. I've got to let you go because I know you've got so much to do here. We're so honored to have you here in the book. I'm honored
2: can to be Can you, you,
0: for instance, on the economy and the dollar, because people said it would never happen, and you see how quickly it's happening.
2: can well, you it's tu- happen. Can you turn this around? It's going to happen if somebody else, if I don't get in, in my opinion, it's going to happen. I can turn it around so fast, because all these countries are ripping us off. The only thing good about being ripped off is you have a lot of power off of them. And I say, listen, you're ripping us off. You start using the wand, and we're never buying your wine or your champagne. We're never buying your lettuce, and we're never buying your cars, Germany. And we're, we're going to put a bit. I could get it back in, in one month. I could get Ukraine and Russia settled in 24 hours. 24 hours, I know them both. Don't forget, uh, I had a very good relationship with Putin. He would have never gotten into Vice President. In a million years, and even the Democrats, they did a poll the other day, 94% say if Trump was President, you wouldn't have that horrible catastrophe. And so many people are being killed, many more than they report. When they blow up a city, Steve, and you see all those big buildings, and then they say two people were injured, it's it's much worse than anybody understands. I would have that settled in 24 hours. It would be 24 hours it would be settled. You need the power of that Oval Office to get it done. You need that. But that will be settled in 24 hours. Remember, Zelensky, with the perfect phone call, they said, were you intimidated by Trump? No, no, not at all. He was fine, he was great. You know, he was very good. He He could have said, I was intimidated. You know, it would have been sort of cool for him to say for his own reason. So I respect him for that because he didn't say that. I will have Zelensky and Putin. I would have a deal done in less than 24 hours. That's an easy one.
0: Mr. President, thank you so much thank you for spending so much. time. See. By the way, this book says, the book right there, Letters from Trump, it is uh, incredibly powerful because it shows you the respect uh, and uh, love people have for you before you took up the mantle of America first and serve so for your country. So honored. Thank you. So Thank much. you, Jeremy. Thank, Thank you for having Appreciate us it. Thank okay, you. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to return to Mar-a-Lago in just a moment.
2: Thank you.
3: Thank Just watch and see It's all started Everything's begun And you are over Cause we're taking down the
1: CCP
0: Right now many Americans are feeling powerless. You know the feeling. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities and those in charge do not seem to care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself. And that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to drive fire practice with your actual firearm at any time in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton of money on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. iTarget comes in all the major calibers, including two twenty three. so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm save 10 percent plus get free shipping with the offer code bannon when you go to itargetpro.com or right now don't rely on the government to make you feel safe empower yourself with itargetpro that's the letter itargetpro.com itargetpro.com and the offer code is bannon in my younger days i was a naval officer on a destroyer in fact i was the a-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify? you also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve, ekpure.com, code Steve. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by The Swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data,